Welcome to the Weaving Magic Podcast, where we discuss the different ways to weave magic throughout your daily life. We are your hosts, Alyssa Lilly and Tara Webb, and we are thrilled to guide you in this magical journey of exploration and ritual. Hey, Magic Weaver. Welcome back to the Weaving Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Lilly. And I'm Tara Webb. And today we're going to be talking about something that's near and dear to my heart right now, because I don't know if anybody else is feeling it, but I've been feeling a lot of frantic energy in the air. Like I have to go and I have to do this and I have to get it done. And it's, and I'm feeling it not only for myself, but in those around me too. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes with the beginning of the rush of the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Like after Halloween, everyone just starts getting into, I have to buy this and I have to do that. And while that is beautiful, like I think that we forget the, ability to do that and the excitement around it, especially when a, you know, a bunch of us deal with the worries around money, you know, and around being enough and doing enough. I think that, you know, forgetting the joy around it makes it more anxious, you know, like, the, yeah, and I also feel like, yeah. And I feel like the comparison, like as a parent, especially, um, I'm trying to remember back then before I was a parent, but that's so distant for me right now. Um, but as a parent, I feel like the comparison game comes up a lot for me around, especially around Christmas. Um, I don't celebrate Christmas. I celebrate Yule, but my family celebrates Christmas. They decorate this at their house. They really deck it out and they do all of these extra things. And I was never really taught how to do that. And we celebrate in a much more, minimalist way. Like we still bring the magic to it. We still have Santa. We tell the story of Santa. We have presents and all those different things, but it's just, I feel like it's not as big as what other parents do. And so I always have this fear in the back of my head that maybe I'm not doing enough to bring the magic. And I know that's not true because I'm focusing on being present. And, you know, when they come down the stairs on Yule or Christmas morning, that the toys are already unwrapped and put together so we can just dive in and start playing instead of throwing wrapping paper everywhere. Um, Because I think that's the moment I want to get lost in is the play and the pause versus the frantic, I have to have this ready and these have to be Mm -hmm. wrapped and staying up, you know, until three o'clock in the morning the night before to prep everything to be perfect, which you still do putting toys together, but it's different. I don't know. It is different. And that was a huge thing as a, a kid, which kind of goes into like just other parts, not just um, Christmassy stuff or Yule or like holidays that I remember a lot of things about my mom of, you know, she would wrap everything the last day. And mm-hmm. I know because she had so much going on that she was just so tired that she didn't feel like doing it. As a kid, I enjoyed seeing just all the presents under the tree wrapped, you know, and just like seeing that. And it felt like when she was doing it the last day, that it was more of a hassle, you know, that it wasn't as much enjoyment around it. And that's also going to, you know, her leaving stuff, like taking all the clothes out of the dryer and putting them on the table. So that whenever we had to eat, it was like just shifting around. And so that's like something I'm trying to be really cautious about. Not so much of like hating on my mom because she had a job and she was doing her best, but more so of like being present in the moment of, I can't do this. It's just going to be in a basket. It's going to stay in the basket. It's going to be there out of the way versus like a huge thing in front of our family, right? Like making it a big deal, I guess. Well, and I think that comes back to like setting your, and it was a little off topic than what we had planned, but setting your yourself up for success in your home. I don't think it's, it's negative, but I think it is 
about awareness that your home is a reflection of your mental state. And so if you're sitting there and wanting to be present, but you literally have piles of your to-do list visually sitting in Mm -hmm. front of you, it's going to be harder for you to be present. So it's not like you're doing anything different. The pile is still there. You're just navigating it in a way that it's not smacking you in the face. And I actually think this does go in with our topic of, you know, resting because we aren't able to rest and we constantly think about everything we have to do when we are, Mm -hmm. you know, rest in my opinion is like actively choosing rest Mm -hmm. because if you are sitting down like, you know, I'm going to rest and like you're scrolling on your phone and Hey, that is a version of rest. You know, if you're actively choosing that versus doing it and numbing out there, there are choices within that. I think the whole concept of resting is choosing to rest, choosing, Hey, I see those clothes. I'm not doing them. I'm choosing to step away from that. I'm choosing to not stress about, at least for today, not stress about all the holiday stuff coming up. Like that's going to go into a different box inside my head. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's, and this is such a season it's, it's so funny because it's winter and this is the season we're supposed to be going inward and we're supposed to be resting. It is literally a physical representation of the pause. And this is the season that we're most frantic as human yeah. beings. And it's we the resist season that, it. We resist the pause. I think it's the season that I also go to shadow work more so too. Where mm-hmm. I'm just like in my little hole of don't talk to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> leave me alone. Um, and it's really, it's fascinating also because I just found out that I'm pregnant. And so last two years ago when we were pregnant, were we pregnant two years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Two years ago. <laughs> a year and a year. Yeah. Two years ago. Alyssa wow. and I were going through shadow work while being pregnant. And it was exactly like around that time too, this time as well. Right. And so <laughs> around this time, you're also like, you're going in and pregnancy is a liminal state. And so it's like a lot of the shadow work of just wanting to be inward. And I'm just like, don't talk to me. I just want to go. I want to be alone and hide in a hole in a cave and never be seen for a little bit. Yes. Yes. That's exactly (laughs) how I feel. And I think it's important too. um, And this is something that I've been, I I have the wisdom of, but I'm implementing more. So now in my present day, I feel like sometimes you, you have the knowledge and you implement and then you like lose track of it and then you implement and you kind of just kind of go through this flow with it. But for me with rest, I'm trying to be more intentional about preparing for my time of rest. Like Mm -hmm. I know when my cycle is coming, I know that is when I need the most rest in the inner time. This is my inner winter. Um, And so I try to get all of my work tasks done. I try to get my home set up in a state that is cozy. Um, I do all of my cleaning beforehand and I'm intentionally preparing that space to be perfect for those moments of rest so that I don't have to worry about anything. My to-do list is done. So it is still working. You're still doing the things, but you're strategically doing them. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, that's what I do at night is I try to, mm-hmm. before going to bed, making sure that my downstairs is relatively put up. I'm not spotless, but like the dishes are put in the dishwasher, the dishwasher's running, counters are cleaned off and all of that. You're like loving on your future self. I love I that. Like you, the way you're, when you're coming downstairs, you're like, Hey, first thing in the morning, I have the kids running around needing food. I don't have to do dishes. I don't have to do this. And, this. and you know, if you're thinking about like, you're about to go into your inner winter, you're not necessarily wanting to do those things every time, 
Sometimes, yes. Like, you're like, uh, I don't know. Like, you're re- reluctant. I know I'm reluctant at night to, like, get those things done. But it feels so amazing. And it's it reminding ourselves. It does. It is reminding ourselves. And I think as you start to do it, there is enjoyment that you can find with it, too. Because, you know, do I enjoy it every time? No. But now that I have this rhythm going and this routine going and that expectation that I know it's coming, I tend to enjoy it a little bit more. I'll play some music or um, I'll play some games with my kids to try to involve them and have them help me clean and things like that. And so I think there are moments of enjoyment that you can find in it, but you just have to push past that initial block, that initial resistance to doing Mm -hmm. it. And I also want to talk about this feeling of sadness because I feel sad. Mm. Like I'm just immensely sad right now. I'm also pregnant and emotional, so that's okay. <laughs> but, Frantic, sad, emotional. I mean, I mean I've been, we're so connected. I don't know if I'm feeling it because of you, but I definitely have been feeling that this week. I feel like it's, you know, around this time, that's when the seasonal depression starts to hit. And not that oh, that's that true. what I'm about to say overshadows that because those that do have seasonal depression do manage it in their own ways. Okay. So if what I'm about to say comes like, oh, I can't do that you know, take it away. Like, don't listen to it. But I do think part of the depression that we have is just not honoring our rest, not honoring our, I'm sad. And like being in that, I mean, Mm. depression's deep. So no, not every time is that going to work. I totally get that. But maybe like at the beginning of it saying, you know, I am really sad. Um, I just want to go cry and that's okay. I just want to go. I feel like depression for me starts off slow, right? Mm -hmm. You see the signals come up and you don't want to pay attention to them because Mm -hmm. it's signs depression is coming. So a lot of us unconsciously even Mm -hmm. push it down and ignore it or try to fill it with other things. And then that's when it hits you when you've been sitting there and ignoring it and ignoring it and ignoring it for so long that it just jumps at you and hits you hard. Mm -hmm. And Um, burnout. I mean, that's exactly burnout and depression. That's when it all hits you because you've been going, going, going and ignoring what your body is asking you, ignoring what your emotions are asking you. Um, So I think as those, I think just being aware of your depression trigger signs and taking that moment to pause and be like, okay, how can I honor this now instead of waiting for it to be 10 times worse later? And how can I begin to give to myself now knowing it's coming? Because that's also what we're talking about, right? Of loving on ourselves, the future self of us. I mean, I've been telling Alyssa I'm going to do yoga or meditate. We've been trying to get regular with yoga for months. And I, I have a block with it because I want to do it. My body is craving movement but I can't find the right time. No, there's not a right time. But in my body, my brain, I have this perspective, like where I was, what, three years ago, maybe, right? We were like three years ago. We were pregnant together and doing yoga and moving. We had a great routine. And that's what my brain has of like, I can still do that. And it's not conducive to my lifestyle right now. And I don't know where to fit that in. But I hear it. I hear my brain being like, hello. I hear my body begging for it and I'm ignoring that. So yes, I'm going to be more frustrated whenever I'm tired, when my body's hurting, whenever I'm getting an argument with somebody, like, because my body doesn't feel good too. Mm. And I've, I know we've talked about this a few times and it's almost like you start justifying ignoring it. Yes. I can't do it because of this. And I can't do it because of that. I do. I'm guilty of it too, of, you know, 
oh, I have to get in at this specific time because this is my ideal time. But we had to remember as AFABs and as women that we we don't live in a 24-hour hormone cycle where an exact routine every day works for us, that it's going to shift. Our energy is going to shift day by day throughout the month. And it may be a slow transition, but remembering to honor that transition. Mm -hmm. I mean, even knowing that, it's still difficult to begin to implement it because we're so used to just being in the patriarchal mindset of, you know, our bodies work like a man's body. Yep. And you have to do it every day at the same time. And it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for And there's a fear that if we don't, we will stop doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. If I don't do this every single time, I'm going to fall off this wagon and I'm not going to get it done. Or that thought of, if I know I can't be consistent with it, I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. because I have to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. I have to know I'm all in and I'm not right now. And so, um, I, which is, it comes back to, say, which is me for like what, business stuff. Like if there's things that you want to do and you, you know that you're someone that has to be all in, you don't go for those opportunities because you're like, I can't do it. I'm not all in. Oh yeah, absolutely. That comes with anything in life. You don't want to try new things. You don't want to do things that you're not good at because you're going to suck at it. Well, I have news for you. We all suck at new things. That's the point. They're new. And yeah, sometimes we have natural gifts and some things come to us naturally, but some things don't. And that's okay. It's okay to fall. It's okay to learn and grow and enjoy the beautiful process of it. We get to unlearn this perfectionist standard of expectations that society and our past parents, maybe who haven't healed or where, however you grew up, right. We get to unlearn those things. And when we fall, we get to laugh at ourselves and then Mm -hmm. look at maybe we shouldn't walk outside with slick shoes on ice, you know, (laughs) have that reflection moment of, okay, what happened there? Yeah. Put salt on my sidewalk next time. I feel like we'd, at least for me, I go to anger more. Like it's easier for me to go to anger than to go to anything else. Really? Okay. Oh yeah. Anger is my, my home. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. is so interesting. Cause for a lot of people, anger is the last thing they want to resort to. Really? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know. know. I, well, so I think it depends on the person. I know Sean, Sean tends to go towards anger I tend to go towards self-sabotage, like where I'm hating on myself and it's not really an anger. It's more of, um, it feels like a deep sadness for me and disappointment. I feel like that's what I go to rather than being angry. I mean, if I'm going to sabotage myself, I'm going to get angry at myself. Yeah, that's true. But like my immediate thing, especially when I'm upset is to be flustered and angry and frustrated. Like it comes out like, Ooh, like that instead. And then my sadness comes. Mm. And I don't think an angry response is bad. And it is making me think of um, my daughter right now. She's one and a half and she's going through that phase of navigating emotion <laughs> very boldly, which we didn't really go through with my son. But she had like, she's growing eight teeth right now. She doesn't feel good. Um, she got car sick last night. She was up all night. She didn't sleep. So there's all of these factors going on. There's a lot of big emotions happening. Her body doesn't feel good. And so this morning we're trying to love on her and she literally is throwing herself out of our arms onto the floor, crying, wanting to be picked up and then wanting to be put down and wanting to be picked up and just screaming. And it's just like, I think 
I think releasing that initial reaction is important. And then we get to remember to calm and come use our Mm -hmm. tools that we know. But I think that initial, I just need to get this frustration out of my body is important. So I think it's about the healthy balance with anger when it does show up. I don't know. That also, that also shows the need for wanting someone to be there too. Like, I don't want you to touch me, but I really do. Because I know when I get upset, don't touch me, but like, why didn't you come hug me? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I do the same I mean, thing when I'm upset. <laughs> my kids are that way too. You know, Elijah's just like, no, <clears throat> like he's really mad. I'm like, okay, well, if you want to hug, I'm here. He's like, okay, I want to hug. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, but and as, as adults, we, we, we don't do that because we're like, I can't ask for a hug right now. That's ridiculous. And we don't give in to that need. And I think this is also tying into like panic attacks too. Because typically having a panic attack, I would have tried to hide it. And I had one recently, and I think almost last night too, kind of stuff. And I, normally I wouldn't have said something. And I was even hesitant to tell my husband he was asleep. I was hesitant to like wake him up and say something because my own traumas of that's fake. You're making it up. What are you doing? You know, all the stories. And all he does is like, oh, well, just come here and breathe. Right. And so it's being able to find someone that you can trust, you know, and, um, Elias is our third child and he is just the best with breathing. Like he is top notch better than me. Will he scream? Yes. He'll still scream. He will still maybe hit his brothers every now and then. But like when he gets really angry, we're like, Hey, lie, can you take a deep breath? And it takes him a little bit. And he's like, <sighs> as I feel like he's angrily breathing, but he's releasing it. And mm-hmm. Now with Ori, we'll like hold him in our arms as he's like throwing himself out of our arms. And I'm going with him and helping him. Even though they're screaming, even though they're upset, just being really audible with your breathing. Mm -hmm. And letting them also feel the heartbeat too. Like I'm having him right here on my chest going, and he's feeling my heartbeat. He's seeing, like feeling my breath release. And it actually slows him down a bit too. And I think that's a beautiful practice, not only with kids, but your partner. Mm -hmm. If you have a partner... When they're angry and upset, of course, have the conversation about it before you just like put their head to your chest. But <laughs> I yes think it's no. important to come like, back to that. I feel like, especially as women AFABs, that sometimes we just need them to force them to be like, get over here and calm down and breathe with me. That's true too. We do need like, a firm hand. Sometimes it's like, you know, no, like last night I was like, oh, no, it's like, no, you're coming over here and I am like helping you just calm the fuck down. <laughs> It's like, fine. I don't, <laughs> but like we, we do need that because we haven't had that safety to do that. You know, we have um, to relearn that. And we also, at least I know for me, I pitch a fit. Like, uh, I don't want you over here, but you do because you're like a child who just wants the attention again. And going back to the panic attack, that's once again, your body asking for rest. It's needing something from you. And at some point you haven't listened to it. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking to myself. It's almost like forcing you in that mode of rest. I also see what happens to me if I ignore rest for a really long time is my, I get sick and my body Mm -hmm. like forces me to rest. And it happens every time. It's not because I went outside and caught something. It's because I wore myself the fuck out. And then my body, I'm not listening to it. So finally it's like, fine, I'm going to make you listen to me. And I get the flu or Mm -hmm. a random fever and migraine. Yeah, Definitely. So if you take anything away from this episode, it's just that you really, as we're going into the season, that is the darkest and most beautiful to me, I think I love the darkness, mm-hmm. um, but it's the darkest <laughs> yes, and the your coldest black lipstick. 
Yes. Um, you're going to feel more of that, like push to do more and to really just take stock of, you know, how does my body feel? Do I really want to go to that holiday party? Do I really want to go shopping last minute to make sure I don't, I don't need anything, right? Like those things just really take stock of what you want to do, what your body really needs for you, because that's, what's going to help this season be joyful and less stressed. Mm, I agree with that. So that's going to be the takeaway is to remember to pause. That's what your challenge I would say this week, but honestly, this whole season is to Mm -hmm. pause and connect with your body, especially in moments of chaos or you're in the middle of executive dysfunction from all the shit you have to do. That's the time you need to check in with your body. Take an Elias breath. Take five deep (laughs) breaths and just like really release the frustration through your breathing and will also calm your nervous system. Let the weird, weird noises come out too. Mm -hmm. Like just let it happen. Let your body do what it needs. I do like, (laughs) yeah, I growl. I, and Mm -hmm. and it makes, I end up laughing after a few breaths and I think that's really good for me, but it feels good on my body to growl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just heard me growl. That's what that, that just happened. It's fine. <laughs> so your challenge is to take time and connect to your body and take some deep breaths to bring yourself back to center. 